Hello and welcome to Bill Stern's Sports Newsreel from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. C-O-L-G-A-T-E, Colgate presents Bill Stern. With a Colgate Shave Cream Sports Newsreel. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shave Cream Man, is on the air. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shave Cream Man, restore his rep. Take his advice and you'll look keen, you'll get a shave that's smooth and clean. You'll be a Colgate Brush, less fast. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, this is Bill Stern bringing you the 309th edition of the Colgate Shave Cream Sports Newsreel. We're broadcasting tonight from the city of Atlanta, Georgia. Our guest tonight is the famous movie star, Mr. Pat O'Brien. But let's begin the show right here in Atlanta, Georgia with Real One, Profile of the World Series. This weekend, the World Series is being played between Chicago and Detroit. Today, Chicago defeated Detroit 3 to nothing. This is not the first time that Chicago and Detroit have met in a World Series. No. No, exactly ten years ago, Chicago played Detroit in another World Series, and a strange sports story was born. A story of death. For in that 1935 World Series, as the Chicago Cubs faced the Detroit Tigers, one of the star pitchers that year for Detroit was a young pitcher named Alvin Crowder. And on the very day Alvin Crowder was the pitch in that World Series, suddenly, death struck. And without warning, Alvin Crowder was notified that his mother had dropped dead. Alvin Crowder was immediately told that because of his mother's death, he'd be excused from pitching that day in the World Series. But he decided to go ahead and pitch anyway, knowing that his mother would have preferred it that way. Well... Record books tell the rest. Alvin Crowder that afternoon pitched the greatest World Series game of his career. He pitched his Detroit Tigers to a 2-1 to win over Chicago. And he did it on the very day that his mother died, knowing she was dead. The story of death in the World Series had begun for the Detroit Tigers. The next time Detroit got into the World Series was in 1940. This time they were playing the Cincinnati Reds. That year, the star pitcher for Detroit was Bucky Newsom. On the very day that Bucky Newsom was to pitch in the 1940 World Series, once again, death struck the Detroit Tigers. For suddenly, without warning, Bucky Newsom was notified that his father had dropped dead. Bucky Newsom was immediately told that because of his father's death, he'd be excused from pitching that day, but he also decided to go ahead and pitch. Record books tell the rest of that story. Bucky Newsom that afternoon pitched the greatest World Series game of his career. He pitched his Detroit Tigers to an 8 to nothing win over Cincinnati. And he did it on the very day that his father died, knowing he was dead. But the jinx of death in the World Series was to strike again. Let's move up to the year 1943. This time, it was not the Detroit Tigers, but the New York Yankees who were playing the St. Louis Cardinals. And in 1943, the star pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals was Morton Cooper. On the very day Morton Cooper was the pitch in that World Series, once again, death struck. 
For suddenly, without warning, Morton Cooper was notified that his father had dropped dead. Morton Cooper was immediately told that because of his father's death, he'd be excused from pitching that day. But he also decided to go ahead and pitch. Record books tell the rest. Morton Cooper that afternoon pitched the greatest World Series game of his whole career. He pitched the St. Louis Cardinals to a 4-3 win over the New York Yankees. And he did it on the very day his father died, knowing that his father was dead. And so death has played a strange role in the World Series. Three different pitchers have been notified of a death in their immediate families during a World Series. Each has then chosen to go on and pitch. And each has won his greatest victory on that day of death. But I could go much further back and show you that death is nothing new in a World Series, not nothing new to these same teams. For instance, back in 1882, Cincinnati won the American Association pennant, and like this year, the Chicago Cubs were the National League winners. Hence, back in 1882, these two teams were matched together in a World Series. The star pitcher that year for Cincinnati was Carl Johnson. On the very day that Carl Johnson was to pitch in that World Series, death struck. For suddenly, without warning, Carl Johnson was notified that his father dropped dead. Carl Johnson was immediately told that because of his father's death, he'd be excused from pitching that day. And Carl Johnson decided not to pitch. He didn't pitch, no. Instead, he left immediately for his father's funeral. In his place, Cincinnati used a new pitcher who pitched so badly that he was knocked out of the box. Cincinnati lost that game. And that's one World Series game that death did not win. And yet even in this case, death brought good luck too. For so bad was that Cincinnati pitcher's defeat that he decided never to try big league baseball again, and so he quit baseball, and he turned to another field, and he became successful. In fact, this former Cincinnati baseball player was so successful that he finally became the president of the United States. You see, his name was William Howard Taft. Profile of Fate. Real two. They call him Dizzy, but out there in the pitching mound where he helped the Detroit Tigers win the pennant this year. He's all business. His name, Dizzy Trout. And Dizzy Trout is all business when it comes to shaving, too. That's why he uses Colgate Brushless, the shave cream of champions. Here's the way he puts it. Dear Bill, I like fast action when I shave, and I like Colgate Brushless because I can just smooth it on and shave it off. It rinses quick and clean, too, and it leaves my face feeling so fresh that I've given up using an aftershave lotion. I've tried them all, and it's Colgate Brushless for yours truly, Dizzy Trout. Now, that's an inside tip on why Colgate Brushless is truly a shave cream of champions, and here's why. Point one, Colgate Brushless is the cream for men with sensitive skins and tough beards. Because Colgate Brushless shaves quick, cool, and clean. Point two, Colgate Brushless stays moist and comfortable all through a shave because Colgate Brushless is light, fluffy, never dries or irritates the skin. Point three, Colgate Brushless conditions your face as it shaves your beard because... Colgate Brushless is especially soothing. It leaves no smart, no sting. And point four, Colgate Brushless rinses freely from face, hands, razor, and bowl. Because Colgate Brushless is not gummy or greasy. Now, I'm not a betting man. But I'll give you two to one that you'll like Colgate Brushless. So just try a jumbo jar tonight. And if you're not completely satisfied, just send the top of the carton back to me, Bill Stern, Kara Colgate, Jersey City, Zone 2, New Jersey, and get double your money back. Real three. Colgate's camera close-up of Pat O'Brien. Since we're broadcasting tonight from Atlanta, Georgia, we're going to award this program's first silver plaque, a silver plaque for sportsmanship. And this first silver plaque goes to the famous movie star, Pat O'Brien. It's given to Pat O'Brien not because he is a movie star. No, the reason why it goes to him is clearly told by the inscription on the plaque itself, which reads, To Pat O'Brien, whose many acts of kindness, both in war and in peace, have far exceeded the call of duty, whose unselfish acts of sportsmanship have been an example to sportsmen everywhere, unquote. Now, ladies and gentlemen, by the magic of radio, 
we switch you 3,000 miles across the country from where I'm standing in Atlanta, Georgia. The next voice you hear will be that of Pat O'Brien accepting this plaque in Hollywood, California. Good evening, folks. Receiving this plaque makes me awfully happy, Bill, but whatever I've been able to do has not been a duty, it's been a privilege. In entertaining our troops here and overseas, I've met some of the finest boys in the world. And some of those kids aren't coming back. They're the ones who should be receiving this plaque, not me. But nevertheless, well, I deeply appreciate you giving me this sportsmanship award. Thanks, Bill. Thanks a lot. Oh, and Bill, I'll be listening to your broadcast tomorrow afternoon of the Georgia Tech-Notre Dame football game. So tell those Irish they better come through for me. This is Pat O'Brien in Hollywood switching you back to Bill Stern in Atlanta, Georgia. Thank you so much. Good luck and good night, Pat O'Brien. Real Four. Profile of Georgia Tech. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, as you know, we're broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia. We're here in Atlanta getting ready to broadcast tomorrow's football game between Notre Dame and Georgia Tech. What a host of memories that name, Georgia Tech, brings back to football fans. One of the greatest sports stories of all time is a Georgia Tech story is told to me, and it took place right here in Atlanta, Georgia. Back in 1917, Georgia Tech had its first great undefeated football team. And that Georgia Tech team was so great that they were invited to play in the famous Rose Bowl in California. It was a great honor. And to celebrate this honor, a Georgia Tech student named Frank Roman wrote a new college song, a song entitled... I'm a rambling wreck from Georgia Tech and a hell of an engineer. A hell of 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 an engineer. And so, Georgia Tech's great song was written by Frank Roman, written to celebrate their being invited to the world-famous Rose Bowl. But Georgia Tech didn't go to that Rose Bowl. No, the entire 1917 Georgia Tech football team joined the Army. And they went to war. Went to war singing Frank Roman's great, great song. I'm a rambling wreck from Georgia Tech and a hell of an engineer. But even though Frank Roman's song was a big success, he wasn't happy. He'd written that song for the 1917 Georgia Tech football team to be sung out in the Rose Bowl. And now they weren't going to that Rose Bowl. Because of that, Frank Roman vowed that he'd never leave Georgia Tech until they had another football team that was good enough to be invited to that Rose Bowl. Frank Roman's great ambition now was to hear his song sung out in the famous Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California. And Frank Roman did keep his vow. He did stay on at Georgia Tech. He stayed on at Georgia Tech for 11 long years until 1928 when once again Georgia Tech had an undefeated football team. And once again Georgia Tech was invited to go to the Rose Bowl. Frank Roman was happy now. At last he was going to hear his song sung in the famous Rose Bowl. And finally that day came when the Georgia Tech team was ready to leave Atlanta and head for California. That day, there was a monster street parade in Atlanta. And at the head of that parade marched Frank Roman, leading the Georgia Tech band as it played his number on a rambling wreck on Georgia Tech. Frank Roman's dream was finally coming true when suddenly... Suddenly, tragedy struck. As the parade swung down Atlanta's main street, Frank Roman dropped dead. The last thing he'd heard was his band playing his song. Frank Roman's sudden death in his song so inspired that Georgia Tech football team that in that 1929 Rose Bowl game, they tackled so hard that a California player lost his sense of direction and ran the wrong way to his own goal line as Georgia Tech won a sensational 8-7 victory. 
that afternoon out in the Rose Bowl in Pasadena watching that game, among the thousands of people seated in that Rose Bowl, there sat an unknown youngster from Savannah, Georgia, who naturally was rooting for Georgia Tech. This youngster had hitchhiked all the way from Georgia to California to watch his team play. But after that game was over, this youngster began to worry about how he could ever get back to Georgia. In desperation, he went to one of the railroads and offered to give them the words to a poem that he'd written advertising their railroad. If they'd give him a ticket home, they laughed at him. They turned him down. But they'd never heard of him then. But believe me, they've heard of him now. For his name is Mercer. Johnny Mercer. And that poem Johnny Mercer wrote years ago for a railroad today has become the words for the nation's most popular song. Do you hear that whistle down the line? I figure that it's ending number 49. So, if it hadn't been for a Rose Bowl football game played years ago, Johnny Mercer might never have written the words for the Atchison, Topeka, and Santa Fe. On the Atchison, Topeka, and the Santa Fe. Profile of a song. Real five. Since we're in Atlanta tonight, here's Atlanta's best, Bob Watson. There must be a reason why Colgate Brushless is the shave cream of champions. And this is it. You know, there's a world of difference between Dizzy Trout on the pitching mound as compared to you or me. But Dizzy ties his tie the same way we do, and he's looking for just the same shaving qualities that we do. Champions prefer Colgate Brushless. You'll prefer Colgate Brushless because Colgate Brushless gives smooth, slick shaves with no irritation or drying. Colgate Brushless stays moist and active on your face. Colgate Brushless conditions your face for shaving. Colgate Brushless rinses easily off face, hands, razor, and bowl. You'll be a shaving champion tomorrow if you'll get that jumbo jar of Colgate Brushless tonight. And now back to Bill Stern. Real six. Colgate Candid Camera catches the story behind the story. Hollywood, California. Lena Romai, the lovely singer who used to sing with Xavier Cougat's orchestra, will be married in the next few weeks. She will marry the former heavyweight champion of the world, Jack Dempsey. And that's the 3-0 mark for tonight. We've been broadcasting tonight from Atlanta, Georgia. Next Friday night, we'll be back in New York bringing you another edition of the Colgate Shave Cream Sports Newsreel. Same time, same station. And our guest next weekend will be the lovely movie star, Miss Marilyn Maxwell. So be sure and be with us at our usual time next Friday night when we present as our guest one of Hollywood's loveliest stars, Marilyn Maxwell. See you then. Until then, I'll be seeing you on the screen in the News of the Day Newsreel at your favorite Lowe's or Associated Theaters. Now until next Friday evening at the same time, this is Bill Stern wishing you all a good, good night from Atlanta, Georgia. This program originated in Atlanta, Georgia, and Hollywood, California. This is the National Broadcasting Company.